Tiro de esquina, Conejo. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? What a weekend of football that was. What a Saturday night it was. Drama at both ends of the table in both the relegation battle and the fight for the final Ligia spots. We had, yeah, everywhere you looked on Saturday night, there was something going on. Some thrilling, thrilling games, some dramatic moments. And it was capped off by one of the most extraordinary things I've seen in Liga Mekis. But we'll come on to that a bit later. For this week's big topic, I'm going to be discussing the final jornada of the 2017 at Clausura. Looking at the battle for survival to avoid descenso and looking at who could make it into those final Ligia spots. So let's start off at the bottom end of the table. And this week, Veracruz with their victory, their third victory in four games. A 1-0 win over Monterrey. Very impressive performance once again. They uh, shut out Monterrey from having a shot on target. So Los Rayados, one of the best attacking sides in the league. 25 goals this season. A whole host of star attackers from Babon to Cardona to Funes Mori to Sanchez to Chara didn't get a shot on target. It's an incredible achievement from Veracruz and proves that they deserved that 1-0 victory. Which combined with Chiapas's draw against Santos, sees them all but safe. They are three points ahead of Chiapas and they have a 12 better goal difference. So Veracruz fans, against any of the odds, most people didn't expect them to stay up, particularly after the home defeat against Nakaxa a couple of weeks ago. Against those odds, they've done it. They're safe. They can look forward to another season in Liga Mekis. And it is full, full credit to the man who's taken over from Carlos Reynoso, Juan Antonio Luna. Luna's completely changed the style. As I've mentioned before, he's gone from playing direct football with uh, at least one target man, Lara Herrera, if not two, sometimes using Triliti Dorosco or Vuletic up front with Herrera. He's completely changed it. He's got rid of that style. He's playing as a false nine up front. Uh, he's he's using Angel Reina, and it, yeah, it's it's incredible how he's changed the style, how he's changed the way that they play, and been so successful. He's done such a great job. Like I said, three wins in four games. He's kept them up. Full credit. Full credit. We're left with Chiapas and Morelia. Morelia moved ahead of Chiapas this week after a four-nil home victory over Pumas, taking full advantage of a Pumas side that are shaky at the back and currently look very, very short of confidence. Chiapas drew with Santos, Santos's 10th draw of the season, which is pretty remarkable. And the game was, yeah, marred by the violence towards the end of the match, but I don't want to think about it this way. For me, that was one of the most entertaining games of the season, and I'm not going to let the violence ruin it for me. This week, both sides will play at the same time. No fixtures will be changed to involve that, although I guess Veracruz have a mathematical chance of going down, so their game at Tijuana could be moved 
to, I assume it would be moved to Saturday, 7 o'clock um, central time that is, as that's when Monterey Morelli and Atlas Chiapas games take place. And let's focus on those two games because they are the ones that matter in this relegation battle. So Chiapas really need to get a win. It's not going to be easy. Atlas are having a great season. They moved up to a lofty third in the table this week uh, with their second victory in a row as they got an impressive 2-1 at the Azteca. So it's not going to be easy. But Atlas have qualified for Ligia. Now you're thinking maybe they might take the foot off the gas a bit. Maybe they might make some changes. Chiapas, no, they've got to win. It's such a huge game. And that bit of extra incentive could could be enough. It could be enough to see them get what would be a surprising victory. They're only a point behind Morelia. So uh, if they win, Morelia have to win to keep up with them. A draw isn't good enough for Chiapas, though, because of their um, really, really poor goal difference. Significantly worse than Morelia's. But if they win suddenly this relegation battle becomes alive. So if Chiapas stay in the game, at least, if it's a draw, if they're not losing against Atlas, it's going to be a really exciting battle. If they take the lead, suddenly the pressure switches to Morelia, who go to Monterrey. That's not an easy game at all. Talking uh, this team that are second place in the table this season. A team that are unbeaten at home in the clausura. Six wins, two draws. They've only conceded four goals at the Estadio BBVA Bancomer. So Morelia have got a huge test there. And I really think, again, although Monterey being qualified for the playoffs could make changes, could take their foot off the gas a bit, Morelia will be you know, giving it their all, I'm sure. So you've seen those sorts of games be surprising. I've seen relegation battles in the past. There's one that always comes back to my mind, which is Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga, who are having such an amazing season um, this year, have qualified for the Champions League for the first time in their history. A few seasons ago, they were going down on the last day, um, and they managed to win 3-2 at Borussia Dortmund. And I think this was a year that Dortmund came second in the league. I don't think it's a year that they won it, but they came second in the league. They were a great team, obviously. And Hoffenheim somehow managed to get this victory away from home. So these sorts of results can happen when relegation's on the line and a team just, they they manage to dig deep and find an extra 10%. And it's hard to explain how, it's hard to explain why, but it seems to happen. So I, I think it would be naive to write off Morelia from from getting anything at Monterey but it won't be easy at all and if Chiapas can take the lead at Atlas they're going to put huge huge pressure what we're certain of unless Atlas take the lead against Chiapas and sort of run away with the victory we're guaranteed some drama you know if if, if the game's level then it's it's unlikely that Morelia are going to run away with a 2-3-4-0 victory against Monterey so if we've got some tight games there, if Atlas Chiapas is, is level, you know that one goal could change everything, could change the whole complexion of relegation. And that is what makes relegation battles, all gear battles, that's what makes these final days so exciting. Because you're watching the games and you know that if one goal goes in here, it's going to completely change everything. 
that's what makes it so dramatic. That's why we love our, these final days, absolutely love them, and especially love them, although I complain about too many games being on at once, normally on the final day, these games have got to be played together, it's got to be simultaneous, because that's when you get that drama, when you, when you know that you've got those couple of games on at the same time, and you know if a goal goes in over there, it's going to change completely change the game on the right, and they're going to have to change how they play. So, yeah, I, we're guaranteed drama. What's going to happen? I have no idea. Chiapas are the sort of team that could do something and, and could still stay up. Mont- uh, Morelia, sorry, have to be the favourites to stay up. But, like I said, Chiapas, they've surprised in the past. Look at the teams they've beaten this season. Tigres, Chivas, America, uh, Toluca, away. Beating all those sides. So, write them off at, the, at, at your peril. That's what I'd say. Don't write them off at all. Moving on, Ligia battle. And there's still two places up for grabs, but it looks like this probably won't be as exciting as uh, the fight to stay in Liga Mekis. However, we could have some drama with America's game against Pachuca. Now, America aren't yet in it. Two defeats in a row have seen them slip down to seventh. They're on 24 points. On Saturday, they face Pachuca. Now, Pachuca are on 21, and their goal difference is two worse than America. So if Pachuca managed to get a big victory, they could, well, they would. They would get ahead of America and sneak into the playoffs. It's probably unlikely they need a three-goal victory because they haven't scored enough this season. Unless they win... No, that's not possible because then America... Yeah, they need a three-goal victory. So it's unlikely, but we could have some drama there. The main thing, though, will be about the final spot. Uh, although Morelia could sneak ahead of America as well. If, if Pachuca... If Pachuca managed to beat America, even if it's not by three goals, if Morelia win at Monterrey, they could get into the final... Um, at one of the final spots. The main drama will happen if Tigre has failed to beat Carretero. Now, this seems probably unlikely, although Carretero got a shock victory against Toluca. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now. The only reason that they've got a half-decent points tally, that they aren't propping up the table with with Puebla, well, there's two reasons. Uh, Thiago Volpi, who's, for me, the best keeper in the league, has made some incredible saves all season long, and their efficiency in front of goal. On average, it takes them 7.8 shots to find the back of the net. This is the second best um, rate in, in terms of shots per goal in Liga Mekis. Only Tijuana have a better rate. Interestingly, the worst side right now is Pachuca, who take 17.6 shots to score, which is more than twice as inefficient as Carretero. So I don't expect... To be honest, I expect Tigres to win that game. I do. They, they've picked it up a bit lately. I, I think that's more to do with the way that other teams have played. But, you know, they're a side that can find the, the big results to get into Ligia, to get into finals. As we know, whether it be the Libertadores, the CONCACAF Champions League, often in the big finals they slip up. Well, they have won two Liga Mekis titles in the past three competitions, but they have been prone to slipping up in those um, continental finals. But normally, to get themselves into a final, to get themselves into 
Ligia, they find a way to win. Querétaro, though, they definitely could. You know, the more I think about it, the more I think, maybe I've written this off too soon. Querétaro, with Volpi, with... I'm sure they'll sit back, they'll counter, they'll make it difficult for Tigres. Tigres have struggled away all season. They've only scored six times. They've got two wins from eight. Maybe we'll see Tigres slipping up. And if they do draw, if they if they fail to win, they've got a whole host of teams waiting, ready to, to pounce. Now, if, if they draw, then it's highly unlikely that uh, Leon or Necaxa will... In fact, it's it's pretty much impossible. They they need to win by a ridiculous amount of goals because uh, they have a three point deficit and their goal difference is vastly inferior. So the Leon and the Caxa, although they're mathematically still in it, both been in great form of late, are very unlikely to sneak in. But if Tigres draw, they'll be on twenty three points, and Morelia, Pachuca, Veracruz all have twenty one. So a victory for any of those three sides would put them ahead of them. Now Tigres, and uh, if Veracruz's game is moved, it looks like Tigres will be the first to play out of all of those sides. So that's going to, you know, again, I'd like the games to be played simultaneously. I think that would make it more interesting, more exciting. But what it does mean is that sides will know what they have to do. So if Tigres fail to win, teams like Morelia, Pachuca, Veracruz will know that if they manage to find a victory, they will get ahead of Tigres. And they can start to look at the other teams and what they can do. Looking at goal difference-wise, Morelia have the best, plus two. Obviously, they go to Monterrey, though. Very difficult. Pachucas is minus one. Tough game at America for them, but they could sneak a win, even though uh, they've only, they didn't score for 610 minutes before they scored against Cruz Azul. And as I said earlier, they are the least efficient side in front of goal, but America are a team that can be beaten, as we've seen. Veracruz played Tijuana away. Tijuana lost their last game, but are normally very good at home. So all three sides go away. It's it's tricky. It's tricky to see any of them um, potentially finding victories. You know, Tigres could could draw, could slip up, and, and still make it into Liguilla. So there you go, guys. That's a kind of uh, round view of, of Ligia and of the Descenso. I'm sure uh, you guys will be interested in hearing my predictions. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be boring and, and say that Tigres will make it in alongside America and the top eight will, will stay as is. In the relegation battle, I think Chiapas will draw and go down. That's what I'm going to say. What we're guaranteed, though, is drama. And um, after after Saturday night, I've really got an appetite for some more dramatic, exciting games. So bring it on. There can only be one player of the week this week. And as much as I was tempted to give it to Conejo Perez, it has to be Raul Ruiz Diaz, the Peruvian striker for Morelia. Now, over the course of the season, 
he has been massive in Morelia's attempts to beat the drop. 19 goals now across the 16-17 campaign. He is the top scorer across the Apertura and Clausura. He has scored once every 3.52 shots over the course of the 16-17 season. And that is a fantastic record. In fact, that is almost twice as efficient in front of goal as André Pierre Gignac, the Tigres star. He's been absolutely superb throughout this season. Uh, um, as, as crucial a signing this season as you can imagine, I think probably the most important signing uh, if you take into account the Apertura and the Clausura. It's not just his goals, although his goals have been massive. You know, 19 goals is a very impressive tally, particularly for a side that have been battling against the drop. It's not just his goals, though. As, as well as leading the line, Ruiz Diaz is an all-round striker. He's capable of dropping in into a sort of number 10 role, getting on the ball and creating, instigating attacks for um, his side. The other thing that he's managed to grow into recently is becoming a real leader, a spark, a driving force behind the team. I remember the game, it first struck, this first struck me that game at Cruz Azul where they earned a, a dramatic um, last-minute equaliser when Cruz Azul had, had been a much better side for the majority of the game. But the last 20 minutes, Morelia had barely been in it, but they only were a goal down. And Rui Diaz kept picking up the ball, kept trying things, kept taking on Cruz Azul players and really gave his team a massive boost, really gave them a belief that they could get something from that game. And they did. On Saturday against uh, Pumas he took full advantage of Pumas's weak defence scoring three goals from just five shots uh, first a penalty then a couple of, of quality finishes a nice volley in there and you saw with the celebrations the passion that he has the passion that's developed for the club uh, the connection that he has with the fans and yeah, like how he's become a real, real leader. It's it's reminiscent of what uh, Matias Alustiza was like for Puebla. Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of leader, that spark, that driving force behind the attack of the side. And clearly, the fans love him, and he appears to really, like I said, have a passion for the club. He was absolutely superb on Saturday. He's had a fantastic season. And if Morelia do stay up, they've got a lot, a lot to thank Rui Diaz for. Okay, let's get into some questions this week. Quite a few to get through. And we will start with at the colourful kit himself, who asks a couple of questions. First of all, I will start with this one. Favourite Liga Mekis moment you've experienced live? Oh, there's so many. There's too many. There's the first moment I ever saw of Liga Mekis when, when Jefferson Montero scored that ridiculous chip from a tight angle and instantly made me fall in love with the league. You have another early memory of the last-minute Marco Fabian chip for Cruz Azul against Puebla. Uh, was a candidate for the Pushkash Award. Incredible goal. All the times that Mickey Arroyo has scored three kicks in massive games when America have been down to 10 or 9 men. That reminds me of 
the games against Monterey, the game against Pachuca a few seasons ago where he scored in the 88th minute, but they were down to, I think, nine men and Pachuca got a penalty. Svitanic scored. And then, and then I remember America sending a long ball forward from the kickoff and every single player rushing forward and the ball was cleared and Pachuca were through and they went and scored and, and secured what was a 7-5 victory on aggregate. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Absolutely insane. Uh, there's so many, you know, you, you forget some moments. I'm, I'm trying to wrap from my brain. The Areta Vizcaya goal uh, against Chivas last season, which was one of those perfect, perfect goals for building that drama. It was like, he's beaten one, he's beaten two, he's still going, he's still going, he's beaten another. No way, surely not. Oh my God, he scored. You know, absolutely blows your mind. You can't believe what you've just seen. That, that build-up, it wasn't just a, a kind of moment that was out the blue wow that's oh that person scored it was that build up of of um here he goes he's he's still going he's still going no way he can't do this he can't score yes he has uh the other chilena this season one of the greatest goals i've ever seen live but uh, i'm being biased to the fact that it was recent but i'm gonna have to give it to conejo perez scoring the the header in the last second of the Pachuca game against Cruz Azul. A goal that only Cruz Azul could concede, really. It was, it's just amazing, isn't it? You, to be a keeper at, at five foot seven and a half is insane. To be a keeper at 44 is insane. You know, in Liga Mekis, top league, that's insane. So combine the two, the fact that he's still performing well is absolutely ridiculous. And then chuck in the fact that he just scored as a 44-year-old, foot seven and a half inch keeper, he scores a last-minute equaliser to keep Pachuca in the Ligia race. It's mind-blowing. How has he done this? Yeah, what a moment. What a moment. Leading on from that, uh, Raul asks, how can Pachuca afford to keep Conejo, a.k.a. the best keeper in the world? I don't know. I don't know how they can. I mean, yeah, it's it's... He's going to be have offers from all over, you know. What a player. I think he's still on loan there. From what I've seen, he's actually still on loan. He's not owned by Pachuca. So who knows? Maybe maybe he'll be recalled from by Cruz Azul, who, you know, could do with could do with a, a keeper that can pop up with late goals. Uh, although, yeah, that, that only came against them, so I don't know. <laughs> Like I said, he's an extraordinary man and the fact that he's still playing top-level football at his age, at his height, incredible, incredible player. And just fantastic. I, I hope he carries on, you know? He's still doing it. How long How long can he go? How long can he go? The other extraordinary thing about uh, Perez is the fact that he joined Pachuca when he was 40 years old and has gone on to make 145 league appearances. What a man. What a man. Okay, next one is um, from at a forte 232 who asks, is there a sleeper team that you think could make some unexpected noise in Ligia? Yeah, I've kind of mentioned this before when I've asked, been asked about my dark horses for Ligia, and they are Atlas and Santos, both of whom are now qualified. They are definitely going to take part in Ligia, and at the moment... They will play each other, uh, the third and sixth 
seeds right now. They're teams that can make some unexpected noise for for different reasons. You know, they're two teams that have surprised many this season. Probably people didn't expect them to make Ligia. I didn't. I to be honest, I, I I wouldn't have predicted them either side to make Ligia, but they have done. And yeah, they they're, they're threatening for different reasons. Atlas because they're a side that have a, a good um, dangerous front line. They've got fantastic wing backs in there. Uh, they're not bad defensively at all either and they've got a keeper that's been impressive lately Miguel Flaga may who's come come in for a study made some fantastic saves on on Saturday against uh, America and yeah they they're a good solid all-round side who have got a lot of dangerous players in in the team Santos are a bit more a bit less exciting I, I I'd say than Atlas I mean 10 draws not the most interesting, but the reason that they're threatening because they've only lost once all season. They're so difficult to beat. You've got um, Orozco in goal, good keeper, Izquierdos and, and Nestor Araujo, one of the best defensive partnerships in the league. You've got Ulises Rivas, who's doing really, really well. The holding midfielder keeps keeps it tight in that midfield, covers the defence well, and forwards that can get goals. Uh, Julio Furch, and Jonathan Rodriguez are proven goal scorers. Janini Tavares is playing his best football in Liga Mekis right now, creating loads of chances for the side. No one in Liga Mekis has had more passes that have led to shots than Janini this season. Plus, you've got Sandoval, you know, a good, a good creative midfielder. Again, a good young player, and the experience of Osvaldo Martinez and the creativity of him in the midfield. So yeah, I think both sides can make some some noise in Ligia. If they play each other, then one of them will make the semis. And I can see, yeah, I, why not? One of them could, could make it to the final. Who knows? Maybe maybe this is it. Maybe Atlas are finally going to break the droughts. I mean, we've seen lots of teams breaking, breaking droughts recently, particularly, of course, as as I have to mention, as this is the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra, the Chicago Cubs, the team so close to the heart of uh, Rail, the Colourful Kit himself. Okay, uh, next question comes from at Golnaldo, who asks, what should Okoa do for his career after this season ends? Big question, big question for him. He has to leave Malaga, <laughs> that's for sure. Should he stay in Europe, where things haven't quite gone as well for him as they could have done you know he's ended up in a lot of teams that haven't been very good from this Granada side to Ajaccio uh, should he go back go back to Liga Mekis should he go to the MLS big questions big questions I kind of hope he stays in Europe I'd love to see him in Liga Mekis again but is there a big team that need a keeper right now? Maybe Monterrey? Although Hugo Gonzalez isn't doing a bad job there. Maybe Chris Asul if they want to replace Corona, who hasn't impressed me recently. But it would have to be a big team who'd spend a lot of money on his wages. And I'm not sure there's anyone there right now. MLS teams, yeah, they'd be queuing up to, to get him. And I'm sure there'll be offers. But, yeah, Europe... I think there should be offers from European teams. 
statistically, he's made the most saves in Europe this season. And that has so much to do with the fact that Granada are awful defensively. They've been terrible at the back all season and they've conceded so many shots. But the fact that he has made more saves than anyone else in Europe will catch the eye of some scouts. And there are probably teams that have been watching him that will keep track of him. So I think I'll have offers from Europe. For him, he's got to wait and see, though. It's it's easy for me to sit here and say, well, he, he has to stay in Europe or he should move to, to the MLS. It's easy for me to say that, but he's got to see actually what offers are on the table. The most important thing for him is that he's playing. With a World Cup to come next year, he has to be playing. Has to be playing. From looking at what's happened with Gio going to MLS and not getting much game time with L3 from Masorio, maybe it would be a wise decision for Ochoa to stay in Europe or, or go to Liga Mekis rather than MLS in terms of yeah, wanting to, wanting to be the first choice keeper in the 2018 World Cup. So I'm sure that's a, that's a massive thing. That's, that's probably the main thing he's looking at in his career now. World Cups are the most important part of most players' careers. And 2018 could be his last one as, as first choice for Mexico. All right, two more to go. Uh, at Janet L93 asks, what would you say is behind Atlas's good season? I think finding the right formula, uh, which um, Profe Cruz has at, uh, there at Estadio Jalisco, he's he's found uh, he's got a decent set of players, but so many teams in Liga MX have a, a pretty good set of players. What he's done is just found the best way to fit them in, and part of the key there is a back line which includes two superb attacking fullbacks Luis Reyes and Jose Medueña I've spoken about them before they've been superb this season you've also got a potent strike force up there uh, we, we know all about Chavo Alastisa consistently been one of the best strikers in Liga Mekis for the past few seasons signing him was massive absolutely massive and as a partnership with Martin Barragan there's, there's goals in them there's goals in that in that front too, and when you've got two strikers that can score goals, you're going to be a threat. You know, they've got 13 between them this season, an impressive tally. You've also got uh, some some decent defensive players in there. I've long been a fan of Leighton Jimenez. I think when he first went there, it didn't go it didn't go that well. The move to Atlas, but he he scored on Saturday, and I think he's starting to get back to his back to his best. Um, back to the, the form he had when he was at Veracruz. Plus, yeah, uh, I think Luis Robles is, is playing well there as well. And he sh- the man who should be back for Ligia, um, Clifford Abwagi, a, a fantastic signing. You know, really came out of nowhere. But such a creative, talented young player. Has contributed so much to Atlas uh, this season. Speaking of young players, you've also got the two wingers, Daniel Alvarez and uh, Brian Garnica. Only one plays if Clifford's in the team. Both play if, if Clifford, as Clifford's been injured recently. And both are, th- are capable of, of threatening teams. They're good dribblers. They're tricky. They can produce the unexpected. And uh, they're, they're real threats. So, uh, yeah, but I think what Atlas have done is built um, 
they found the right formula. That's what I'd say. Profe Cruz has found the right formula. Lots of talented players there. And, and they found the, the best way to fit them all in. Perhaps as well, they've benefited from the absence of Rafa Marquez. Although it, it would seem pretty crazy to say, but since you know, Marquez's last game was Atlas's last defeat. They've played six games since Marquez's last um, Liga Mekis match. Won three, drawn three. So they're looking pretty good without Rafa. Maybe that's something Osorio should have a think about. All right, final question this week. Um, or someone who's asked two questions. It's from at W Springis, who asks, will America make it into Ligia and should Pumas fire Paco? Yeah, I think America will make it into Ligia. I don't think they'll lose home to Pachuca. And even if they do, they probably should anyway, uh, looking at the table because of their goal difference. They might not if Tigres and, and Morelia win, uh, but I, I think they will. I think they will. I, I do think they'll get a, at least a point against Pachuca because Pachuca haven't been very good in, in Liga Mekis recently and should Pumas fire Paco Palencia is the other question I spoke about this at length last week if you want to go back to last week's podcast to hear more in depth just a, a, a short thing it's a tough decision, very tough I think he's made some good tactical decisions like dropping Herrera I think he's made some bad tactical decisions like um, twice attacking Tigres at El Volcan and losing 4 and 5-0 at the heart of this decision is is what club do Pumas want to be? He's reduced the depth, the, the strength and depth, and the experience of the depth in the squad because he he's wanted to bring in more um, players from the Cantera. I think this has cost them, particularly when he's had injuries to the likes of Castillo and Barrera and Alcoba, and he's had to bring in some inexperienced youngsters who haven't performed all that well. However, this is part of Pumas' identity, playing these Cantera players, and it could prove a positive decision in the long run if these players develop and become top-quality players. If they believe in these players, then maybe they, maybe they will. So I, I think Pumas have a big decision to make here. What sort of club do they want to be? Do they want the Memo Vasquez style, where they have a f- full squad of experienced players, they aren't playing many guys from the Cantera, but they're having success, or an amount of success. They weren't always successful under Memo Vasquez at all, but they, of course, had that season when they got to the final, and they were super leader. Or do they want to go Paco Palencia? More of a long-term vision, uh, sticking to their principles of playing players from the Cantera. Big decision. Uh, should they fire him? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think they should give him a bit more time. Yeah. I, I, if they want to stick to the principle of, of playing players from the Cantera, then I think they should stick with him. Okay, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Final week of the regular season coming up. Always a mixture of sadness because, you know, you're not going to see some of these teams for a a few weeks, but at the same time, exciting. And, you know, we'll know the the matchups for Ligia, so... Yeah, it's time to get really, really pumped for the end of season drama. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode of the Colourful Kit Podcast Extra. If you did, always appreciate uh, retweets, sharing it out. And um, thanks to everyone for the questions. As ever, love answering them. And yeah, I'll catch you all next week on another edition.